Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or visit amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free and catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Red Carpet Rendezvous Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Conlon. I hope everyone had a great Easter or a great Passover if you celebrate. And did everybody watch the SAG Awards this weekend? I did, and I was pleasantly surprised. It was actually pre-taped and hostless, but, you know, I really enjoyed it. And it made SAG Award history with actors of color winning all four best categories. So I thought that was pretty cool. And, you know, the SAG Awards are super easy to watch because they're only an hour. And they really got me excited for the Oscars. The award shows this year have been so weird, so I didn't really know what to expect, but I was super happy that I enjoyed myself. So Viola Davis and the late Chadwick Boseman both won Best Actor slash Actress for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, that film. I actually didn't love that movie, but I do agree that they both killed it. My choice for Best Actor is actually Anthony Hopkins for The Father, if you haven't seen that, you should. It's so good. He's he's incredible. I, I do think poor Chadwick was getting super thin and pretty sick when he filmed Ma Rainey. So it kind of made me sad to watch it, you know, but he he is incredible and he was incredible in that. So I'm happy for him. And it was really sweet that his his wife accepted the award on his behalf. So then Daniel Kaluuya won for Judas and the Black Messiah for Best Supporting Actor. And lastly, Ya Jung Yoon for Minari. Now, I was thrilled about that, about Ya. Jung Yoon. Minari was one of my favorite movies this year and she was incredible and I pretty much love all of the films distributed by A24. A24 has done Uncut Gems. They did uh they've done so many movies. Um I just can't think of them at the top of my head right now. But anyway, so it's just Minari is is a beautiful film with some really touching moments and and funny moments and you know, it's just about the American dream. So, yes, four actors of color swept the acting categories, and I thought it was incredible. So I do want to quickly touch upon the fact that Nomadland won Best Picture at the Golden Globes, but then at the SAG Awards this past weekend, the trial of the Chicago 7 won. So I did not enjoy Nomadland. I'll get into that a little bit more on another episode. The trial of the Chicago 7 was good. I, I liked it better than Nomadland, but... My personal favorites, obviously, I just mentioned this, Minari, Promising Young Woman that I've talked about before, Sound of Metal, which was also filmed in the home state of, of New Hampshire, my home state, and and I like The Father because I liked Anthony Hopkins. But anyway, enough about award season for right now. We'll get to more of that on, on an upcoming episode, but let's talk about this week's guest, Topher Grace. I mean, can I pinch myself? I have loved him since Win a Date with Tad Hamilton, and then... Remember that movie with Scarlett Johansson and Dennis Quaid? It's called In Good Company. That is a movie that if it's on HBO, if it's on any channel, I will watch it always. It's so good. It's another personal favorite movie of mine. And I tell him that in the interview. But Topher has a new show on ABC premiering tonight, April 7th at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. And it's called Home Economics. 
It's a comedy about the sweet yet uncomfortable relationship between three adult siblings. One of them is in the 1%. I'm talking money-wise. One is middle class, and the other one is barely holding on. So I'm excited to see Topher return to the small screen in a, in a sitcom because he actually hasn't been a regular, a series regular in a, a comedy or a sitcom since that 70s show. So it's been a while. But anyway, he is a, an absolute doll, and you'll see why. He's, he's awesome. He's very chatty, and it's very early for him in LA. So I'm just, I'm impressed uh, overall. But anyway, enjoy my interview with Topher Grace. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Uh, good. Good morning. Yeah. Where are you located? I am in LA. So oh, uh, it's I, early. I, I was, it was an early one, but uh, you catch him at the end, but I'm going to finish strong. Yeah. <laughs> You're so funny. I actually normally have a 4.30 a.m. segment on um, Tuesday mornings, and I slept through it by accident. So, um, yeah. That, oh, okay. That yeah. makes me feel better. Thanks. I know. Right. Does it make you feel better? Because, well, listen, I have to say it wasn't my fault. One of my kids woke up at, like, 2 a.m., and I was like, oh, I'm just going to stay up. And then, you know, and then I just fell asleep, and I felt like such an asshole. But <laughs> I know. I know. I made the same mistake. Yeah. <laughs> so you do you have a new baby as well as a toddler? Yes, uh, we have a three-year-old and a 10-month-old. Oh, my gosh. That's so fun. Uh, I have a two and a four-year-old. We're in the trenches together. I love it. Yeah, uh, that's very close. Uh, yeah. yeah, you you get it. Yeah, no, I get it. Like, basically, quarantine was, like, the worst time of my life. I mean, the best time? What? <laughs> <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? All that great family time? Yeah, what are you all the about? great family time. I literally, my mom would be like, yeah, you really should just, like, you know, this is never going to happen again. And I'm like, dude, shut up. Like, you have to plan you're, the you're day. Like, you promise? Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You swear to God, do you know something that I don't know? Um, yeah. No, but that's so funny. We're in the same boat. But anyway, congratulations on home economics. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Uh, it was funny because I would clock out of, you know, doing diapers and, and I go, oh, now time to go to work. And then my character has twins that are exactly the same age as my No way. Father. So I'd, I'd uh, clock in and start doing diapers there. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. So did you um, – was this show during the pandemic that you filmed it? Was it pre-pandemic? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I signed on pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was a great script. And then during the pandemic, I thought, I, I don't know what people are going to want. I, mean, I still believe that people are going to want something different than before the pandemic. We're all kind of forever changed from this last year, I think. But uh, I realized, luckily, this script – not just the pilot, but what the whole show is about became kind of more relevant mm-hmm. uh, over the last year. Interesting. And so, so then when we started shooting it towards the end, I, I went, uh, oh, this is going to be perfect. It's also, I mean, everyone's thinking about finances and a lot of the shows about that, but mm-hmm. what it's really about is that connection that I think we're all really craving right now. I mean, I haven't seen my parents in months, and I, oh. I know some people haven't seen their grandparents or you know, everyone yeah. really wants that togetherness feeling, and we were able to have that feeling on the show. Oh, that's so nice. I love that. I'm sure that's going to come across to us as we watch it as well, because I, I find that to be so apparent when a cast actually likes each other and, and has a good time um, when I'm watching yeah, the show. Yeah, you can't, you know, it's funny. The job is acting. It's, it's supposed to be faking it, but you yeah. actually can't fake that, really. And, uh, and mm. I think already the cast would have had a great chemistry, but... Also, you know, no one had worked in a year. We were all so excited to just be around other people. Even the yes. poster, we're all kind of 
smushed up against each other and we were loving it. We were like, yeah. oh my God, humans. Wait, that's so funny. Did you guys have to do any kind of like intense quarantine before you shot, like be alone in a hotel room for two weeks or anything like that? Uh, no, but we all got tested very regularly and made sure. Look, we all knew it was a privilege to be working Yeah. Uh, during the pandemic. So we think everyone played it really safe and, mm-hmm. um, and you know, we were tested all the time and everyone's wearing masks and it's, different but uh i started to realize you know filmmaking is really weird anyway <laughs> you know, like, you're, you're faking being normal so just a little more faking than normal right right now um this i i was trying to make sure i i, I didn't mess this up but is this your first return to a sitcom a comedy since that 70s show like as a regular yeah you know i've never it wasn't like uh i mean i love doing 70s show it wasn't like uh i had any problem with uh being on uh, network comedy, in right. fact, I, probably the most fun you can have. But I did, when I finished 70 show, I was only in my mid-20s, and I really mm-hmm. wanted to try lots of different things. And, you know, yeah, I mean, big blockbuster movies and small, tiny movies and yeah. play good guys and bad guys and <laughs> dramas and comedies, just everything. Yeah. And I played David Duke in Black Klansman, and then after that I played kind of like on Black Mirror, I was a evil yes. tech genius or something. I and loved I thought, you. <laughs> all I was getting was like, you know, you know, white supremacist role offers and mm-hmm. offers to play, you know, neo-Nazis. And I thought, I, I may have gone a little too far here <laughs> away from what I was originally doing. <laughs> and so I was kind of open to this. And then at the right time, the script came along. Wait, you're so funny. It's actually, it's interesting you say this because I I loved you as David Duke. I thought you were so incredible. I mean, that Black Klansman is, oh, is one of my favorite movies. And I, I love Kevin Wilmot. I loved, I watched the, you know, the 24th this summer. And you, I thought that was yeah. like one of your, your best roles. I mean, I, like that was just, you were, yeah, legendary to me in that. Um, I also oh, love just because I, I am a millennial. I loved you in uh, the movie In Good Company. I that again, if that is on, I will watch it every single time. It's so good. You know, that's a great movie. Having nothing to do with me, it, it, Paul Weitz wrote that, and he's a really talented writer. I actually did a play with him in New York oh. um, a couple years ago, uh, and got to work with him again. And it's just, uh, yeah, I love that movie. It's what a play? Jam. What play was like, it? Uh, uh, oh, the play was called Lonely I'm Not, and okay. uh, it was me and Olivia Thurlby, and it was just something else Paul had written, and I'll mm-hmm. always do what he, um, you know, I mean, I can't believe such a great writer to work with that guy, and mm-hmm. something that is original that he came up with. It's, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, no, that, you were, you just, you, you were very endearing on screen, which is, it's funny to say that when you're you're playing David Duke, I, I don't want to say that you're endearing, because I feel like I'll get <laughs> shot, but um, but you do, you have this, you have the, this great quality um, about you that just makes you extremely likable in whatever you do, so this movie, In Good Company, was just so perfect for you, I just, I loved it. Um, so, speaking oh, of... thank you, like, it's funny, you yeah. say that about Black Klansman, and, um, that was actually something I did a lot of research for that movie because I, because mm. I respect Spike Lee so much, and I really didn't want to get that one wrong. <laughs> and and I, you know, something I realized. I mean, it was just terrible, terrible research. But uh, he, you know, David Duke is very charismatic. It's what makes mm-hmm. him so dangerous. Yes. And uh, and so uh, I, I remember having a lot of talks with Spike about what level at which 
he uh, likable is the wrong word, but he should be. I know what you're saying. <laughs> you know, how are we going to show that he's really evil? And you know, mm-hmm. but what's so evil about him is that he's kind of likable. And um, we really thought and rehearsed and worked on that. And I'm I'm so proud to be part of that movie. Yes. No. You, I mean, you nailed it. And that's that's exactly right. He's so dangerous because you know he is likable. So, um, but yes, but we hate him. We hate him, obviously. <laughs> anyway, so. Uh, <laughs> What So here, I want to talk about really quickly, just because Black Klansman is an Oscar-winning movie. The Oscars are coming up. We just had the SAG Awards. Now, what what were your thoughts on on Best Picture? For the Golden Globes, Nomadland won. Um, I did not like that movie. I thought it sucked, but um, that's just me. And then for the SAG Awards, um, The Trial of the Chicago 7 won, which I liked a lot better. So what what are your thoughts? What What is your prediction for Best Picture for the Oscars? My prediction is that I will probably never see any of these movies, and I cannot believe <laughs> that you have a two and a four year old, and yeah. you have. It must be because you have to talk to people like me, so it's part of your job. It, it's, I haven't watched yeah. a movie for Best Picture since Black Klansman, and I only oh. watched that because it was in my contract. Because you were in I it. To to <laughs> Wait, you're so funny. I, seen, I mean, people talk about like the Queen's Gambit. There's yeah. like, you know, it's funny. Carla and I, the woman who plays my wife on the show. Yeah. Have, both have kids kind of the same age as our kids mm-hmm. and uh, we're like you know people are talking about i don't know some sh- like you know falcon mm-hmm. and winter soldier or something i'm going where do you have the time wait you're like, so gotta, funny the only time i'm not looking after my kids i'm at work yeah so yeah. Uh, my hat's off to you that you've seen any of them i will probably the last best picture movie i saw besides black Klansman was probably um I don't know, whatever the year before my daughter was born. <laughs> Wait, that was like 2000, what, 16 then? I don't even remember. How are you finding the time to watch <laughs> these movies? <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you right now, my secret is that I don't sleep. Uh, <laughs> no, I literally, oh, okay. I have to there tell you, you that. I really don't. I And yes, you're right. I do have to watch a lot of these to do my job. But I also just, I'm a movie buff. And I, you know, when the theaters were closed, I really got upset that I couldn't go hey, and see I these. I like movies too. I yeah. went into movies. Yeah, I mean, it's my, I literally think. my job. And I don't yeah. have any time... Yeah, you know, we, we did a thing with our kids, which was no screen time. And I always thought, like, sure, like, why let them Why watch would TV? you do and that realized, to yourself, oh, Topher? I don't get to watch TV. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Wait, how long did you do that for with your three-year-old, the no screen time? We're still, I mean, you know, look, we, we wow. have uh, excuses to show her stuff. But yeah, yeah. we're trying. Yeah. But, wow, uh, I'm so, so impressed. Go, I'm even sure if we, if we show her stuff, I'm pretty sure she's not going to want to see Nomadland. <laughs> I know. Well, that's very funny because my kids right now are obsessed with Raya and the Last Dragon. It's like literally $30 on Disney Plus, but I don't care because it's kept them so busy that it's fine. Um, no, you're, you're doing the right thing. I get thing. it. Trust me. I, there are moments I get it. Yeah. No, you're, you're really good. I'm, I'm not that good. Um, but you know what? I'm open about it. And I think that, um, you know, my kids are going to be fine. I watch TV and I'm fine. But yeah, if if I could be a little better, I, I wish I would. Um, Look, it's mostly my wife. If I was running the show, we'd probably be watching, you know, yeah. Ride the Last Dragon twenty four seven. Yes, wait, that's so funny. So because I'm running the show, I feel like my husband is the one who's like, no, no screen time, and I'm like, dude, I'm the one that's like, you know, taking care of them. So just, you know, whatever, shut up. Um, but oh anyway, oh my gosh, you are really coming close. <laughs> yeah. To, yeah, to how this relationship goes over here, it's very like, you know. 
I, I used to my, my dad used to say stuff like she's the boss and I, was, I thought he was kidding and now I'm nope. like oh he, he really meant that no he totally meant it because happy wife happy life and also like your wife is postpartum sure. right now which honestly I was always like oh you know I'm not postpartum I don't even know what that is and then literally when my, my body started to regulate like six months later I was like oh shit I was completely postpartum and I didn't even know it so it is really weird how how your life just sort of shifts a little bit your relationships with your kids and your spouse and everything and then it's sort of gets back on track if that makes sense do you know what i'm saying like it's weird it's shaky you're, okay, you're adjusting well, I look forward to that. yeah i know trust me <laughs> i know i know and um also i don't even know why i'm saying all of this on the podcast right now but the second time around we had our second kid i had a night nurse come and help me a few nights a week which really made a difference for us so we could sleep so um right yes. i would yeah i mean i would recommend that if you didn't do that already but it's also covid i didn't have my kids during covid so i don't know I, yeah, I don't know what the rules are in COVID. Yeah, it's, uh, well, look, I, the, the thing that's exciting about this show is I think COVID, people are getting vaxxed up. The yeah. seasons are changing. Yeah. Like, you, you know, even I just got off work because we finished shooting the season, and I just feel like mm. people are ready for, without putting too fine a point on it, like everyone had a bad year Yeah. on the globe. Yeah, no, you're, you're totally and right. People are ready for a little bit of joy, yeah. you know, a little bit of, like, happiness and I'm so glad I don't have a movie about the pandemic coming out or something. You know? <laughs> no, totally. Now, Topher, I have to wrap this up. Um, I, I wanted to quickly tell you, you went to Brewster Academy. I'm from New Hampshire. I love that. Um, my parents live about 45 minutes from oh, there. Where are you from in New Hampshire? Uh, Bedford, near Manchester, which is actually 45 minutes outside oh, yeah. the lake. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right by Wolfboro. Yeah. That's so funny. I love it. Um, no, it's beautiful there. Wolfboro, the oldest summer resort in New England, I think. Yes, exactly. Um, I, also the home of uh, Brewster Academy, where I went to school, yeah. Um, and this has been amazing. I, I am a huge fan of yours, Topher, and I can't wait to keep uh, following your career. Oh, thank you. I really yeah. appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, of course, and good luck with the kids. Okay, Topher Grace, everyone. What a guy. Totally adorable. Totally easy to talk to. And don't forget to watch Home Economics tonight on ABC. It's at 8.30 Eastern, um, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, that is. And, yeah, you can see Topher rip up the small screen. So I'm excited. He's awesome. Anyway, thanks for listening, guys. Um, if you like this podcast, don't forget to rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to listen to me, 4.30 a.m. on Tuesdays on WABC Radio and 9.25 a.m. on Fridays. Thanks for listening. Until next time.